Welcome, all you blokes and chillers, to the Sport Shack from the Gold Coast, Australia. In the Sport Shack this week, we're going to talk about some of the sporting topics of the week and go back in time and some of our favourite sporting memories from the past as well as the news and events, music and film, and lots more. And all from and with our great mate, Paul Tonner. We acknowledge the Ugambe people, past and present, the traditional custodians of this land, of the Gold Coast, we thank the Yogambe people for the opportunities to do this podcast on their land. Welcome to this episode of the Sport Shack. I hope you're well and have had a great sporting week. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Paul. <laughs> you got a big slap of the week, uh, apart from the weather? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. Boris Becker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard he's gone to jail. Moaning and groaning about um, how he's being treated in there. The meals aren't up the standard, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried to hide two and a half million pound from debtors, yeah, creditors, and that. So yeah, uh, yeah. I know he went bankrupt because yeah, we had a bit of a chat about this a few weeks ago, and yeah. um, you know, like you just look at uh. Like how some of the mighty have fallen, eh? Yeah. And, you know, we're going to talk about one famous sportsman today who's just been a humongous, well, he's a big man and he's been a big success in every way. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, any other (laughs) slaps of the week? Uh, No, that's um, the mainly one I've heard. Gosh, I'll be glad when this election's over. Oh, oh my yeah. life. Just oh. like the word that's been this week annoying. Yep. Just want to get it over and done with. It just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to find an early voting booth and go and vote early to get over and done with. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Avoid the crowds. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And then, you know, we'll do that one. Then there'll be... A, not long after that, there'll probably be a local election and yeah. a state election. <laughs> yeah, well, the local election was in 2020. Yeah. Just as COVID started. <laughs> and um, yeah. I think the so I think the next one after this is the state one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can't see much change happening there, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> uh, well, if Labor gets... <laughs> If Labor gets in, which were, uh, it's shown that they were in, yeah. the, in the federal, <coughs> mm. and probably, yeah. Yeah. Oh, going off. Oh, that's Livy. Livy's yeah. been sick this week. Yeah. That's all right. I'll, I'll give her a ring back. Yeah, unfortunately she can't join us today. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she's phoning it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe she wants to do a quiz. Yeah. <laughs> she knows where. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, she'll get an opportunity next week. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a whole heap of winners this week. Yeah. So, firstly, the North Queensland Cowboys in the NRL. Mm. They've had some very lean seasons in yeah. recent years. And, yeah, they're third on the ladder at the moment. And the Gold Coast Suns, 
Yeah, your team, Glenn, yeah. in the AFL. Yeah. Yeah, defeated the Sydney Swans, my team. Yeah. That was a massive upset. Uh-huh. That was in Sydney as well. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Fremantle and Carlton, I've got them both as winners. Yeah. Because they've also, been, you know, haven't set the world on fire for many years. And yeah. Yeah, certainly doing well this year up near the top of the ladder. Yeah. Um. Well, the, the, the Suns are, yeah, yeah. Well, oh no, not the Suns. Fremantle and Carlton. Oh, yeah. The Swans. Uh, the Suns just had that good win last week. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, some years they start off strong, but then mm. for the start from the part near the end. That's right. Yeah. Another winner I've got is Carlos. Now I've never heard of this bloke, but geez, we're going to hear a lot of him in the years to come. Yeah. Probably the next twenty years. Yeah. Carlos Alcaraz Garcia. Now, he's a Spanish tennis player. He's 19 years old. He just won the Madrid Open. And he's the first player in history to beat Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic back-to-back. And he went on and won the final. And, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes on to win the French Open in a few weeks. (laughs) Hmm. And the Sydney Kings in the in the National Basketball League, they've they beat the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers yeah. in the grand final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three games to nil, and yeah. it's their first win since two thousand and five. And just uh, oh, the crowd there, yeah. you know, look, it's looked like it was a, you know, it was being played in America yeah. in the NBA, oh, yeah. in the Chicago Bulls game during their peak. Yeah. Yeah, so no basketball is is back in this country. You know, you think how well we've done, especially in the last twelve months. Won that bronze yeah. medal at the Olympics. Yeah. And, you know, we've got players, a whole heap of players in the NBA now. Yeah. So no, it's it's great. And looking at the losers, I've got yeah the West Coast in the AFL. They yeah. can't beat time with a stick. Yeah. And the New Zealand Warriors, yeah, in the NRL. So, yeah, they got beaten by Cronulla last week. It was a gutsy performance by Cronulla. Yeah. Cronulla played most of the game with 12 men. Yeah. And at one stage they had a player sent to the bin for 10 minutes. Yeah. So part of that game they were playing with 11 men. And they still went on to thrash the New Zealand Warriors. Yeah. And my big loser of the week is Liz Campich. So she's a Aussie basketball player. Yeah. Now she was big in the news. Would have been just before the Olympics last year, yeah. where she um, was involved in a physical altercation with a Nigerian basketball player. Yeah, and you know she's making racist remarks and um. yeah, and uh, yeah, the great Aussie basketball player Andrew Gaze. He came out during the week, gave her a verbal tongue lashing on yeah. his. Yeah. On air, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw something on yeah. when I was going for the net. Mm. Yeah, just how disrespectful she is, you know, but, towards but Australian basketball. They made a mistake on the news feed. They said he was a, a boxer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe I read it wrong, but well, we had Paul Gallon. Yeah, yeah. He um stormed out of a media conference. Just yeah. before his fight the yeah. other night. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, 
that was all to do with, you know, because he's a former NRL player, one of the yeah. great New South Wales players in origin. And, um, and there's always been a lot of, you know, debate and criticism over these former NRL players and AFL, yeah. you know, going into boxing when their career ends. And, yeah. you know, they're just not seen as real boxers. So that's pretty much why he spat the dummy and... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, no, the way she just bad-mouthed the Opals and, oh, you know, they've done nothing for me and yeah. Yeah, just rubbish. And the thing that I found disgusting was how she was putting on a fake American accent. Uh, yeah. uh, I've never heard such a fake American accent in my life. Yeah. So she needs to hang her head in shame mm. and just making a lot of false... Allegations against, um, form, you know, her, her Opal teammates. Yeah, uh, you know, who it has proven, and all the players have said, you know, in management, yeah, she they were supportive of her uh, during her time. You know, uh, I'm sure you know you got mental health issues, and but yeah, you got to pay some more respect and yes, that's right. Yeah, respect where you came from. Yeah. So looking at some news from around the globe, so the Kentucky Kentucky Derby was held last weekend and it was a massive upset. Yeah. Yeah, $250. So this is in Australian, in Australian TAB, this is what it was quoted at. Yeah. Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Now apparently it was the second biggest upset in the Derby's 148-year history. Yeah. yeah, so during at the race, you know, in America, it was 80 to 1. Yeah. Now, the former previous biggest upset was way back in 1913 with Donorail, which was 91 to 1. Mm. But, oh, boy, this horse just came out of the blue down the straight. It was yeah. like Kiwi in the 1983 Melbourne Cup. Yeah. just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Storm time to win. Yeah, but <laughs> there was a lot of drama at the end of the race because, uh, you know, this horse just clearly wasn't used to such a in, being in front of a massive crowd. Yeah. And it was fighting with all these other horses and yeah. tr- it was biting another pony and, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yes, I was having a fight with all these other horses at the end of the race. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Max Verstappen, he won the inaugural Miami Grand Prix, Formula One. Uh, Manchester City, they defeated Newcastle United 5-0. Mm. Now, Liverpool drew, drew with Tottenham. So there's this fight between Man City and Liverpool for the Premier League title. Yeah, yeah Man City are on top at the moment, so that win against Newcastle is certainly mm. going to help them out. Yeah. And Everton, they uh, had a draw the other day against Watford. Yeah. They'd won their last two games, so they're above relegation at the moment, but they still have two games to go. Fingers crossed. Now, the great Argentinian uh, soccer player, football player, Diego Maradona, he passed away two years ago. Now, he's Hand of God shirt, and we've spoken about the Hand of God and... Previous episodes, it was, 
you know, that moment in the 1986 World Cup against England. Yeah. Yeah, so the shirt that he was wearing in that, that match sold for a, for a record 8.4 million pounds. Wow. It's a this it's a record, yeah. world record at an auction. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Mate, I bought a um when I went to Argentina years ago. This is way back in nineteen ninety six. I bought a uh, couple of nice shot soccer shirts. Yeah. I gave one to a mate, and I kept one, yeah. and I wore it to death. Yeah. And I had to throw it out eventually because it just got too many holes in it. Oh, yeah. That was over twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah. So I wonder what what um, Maradona's shirt looks like now, all yeah. these years later. Yeah. Now I'm wearing this top today. It's the Australian rugby team, the Wallaby shirt. Yeah. Now it's I bought this when Australia last held the Rugby Union World Cup, yeah. two thousand and three. Yeah. Yeah, I bought it during that tournament oh, yeah. from Rebel Sport for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Now they've just won rights to host the twenty twenty seven World Cup. Yeah. And the women's World Cup is in twenty twenty nine. Yeah. So um, yeah, that'll be interesting, you know, because the game was a lot different back then. I can't believe it's nearly twenty years ago. Yeah. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, you know. We were really strong rugby side back then. Yeah. Um, yeah, but <laughs> we're certainly not like that now. And no. the way things are going, I don't know what we're going to be like by 2027. So Yeah, hopefully things change. Yeah, well, maybe it's just what the ARU need, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, today we're going to talk about sports people who have had interesting careers once they've retired from their sport. So when you think of sports people that have interesting careers, once they call it a day, Glenn, what comes to your mind? Oh, just for me, the first guy with Glenn McGrath. Mm. The McGrath Foundation uh, is carrying on the work from his, his wife who passed away from breast cancer. That's a great. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't think of that one. Well, yeah. he's, he's, we spoke about him when he was on Where Are They Now Yeah, a while back. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that... It certainly didn't, didn't come to my mind, that one. Yeah. yeah. That's a great one. No, the, you know, they started the charity when mm. his wife was going through the, the, the process of treatment for the breast cancer and mm. you know, he carried it on after she passed away. Yeah. Because a lot of work goes into you know, raising money and organising the, the breast care nurses. Uh, to get as many out there as possible, yeah. Well, it's just amazing how, you know, like how it's just growing and growing. Yeah. You know, and they have that day at the Sydney Test match each year, yeah. the Jay McGrath Day. Yeah. And I think it's like the third day. Yeah. I think they do it, yeah. yeah the and Sydney they Test. just all dress in pink and... Yeah. Raise heaps of money. Yeah, they actually do something similar in um, at Lords now. Yeah. In yeah, so when England are playing, because their former one of their former great players and the, one of their captains, former captains Andrew Strauss, his uh, wife died from cancer. Yeah. And yeah, they have a, a similar sort of day there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, no, they're both interesting journeys, aren't they? Yes. Hmm. 
Yeah, but I, I just look at the days, you know, that going back to the 70s and 80s where football players, you know, they would work during the week and yeah. train a few times during the week. Yeah. Now it's like a seven-day-a-week profession pretty it's much. And full-time job. Yeah, well, back then, you know, they'd train two nights a week, play on the weekend. Yeah. You know, and Mick Cronin, he was a publican who'd, from Gerringong who would travel all the way to and from Parramatta the train and yeah. go to the matches and but even you know looking at uh, some of the cricketers too former cricketers you know I remember Greg Chappell like he often had to had to skip tours yeah. you know like that eighty one Ashes tour he didn't yeah. go on because of his uh, business commitments yeah. you know if he goes on that tour we win that series yeah. hands yeah. down yeah and. Uh, one thing I, I do remember, and there was a New Zealand cricketer called John Bracewell, and he was a he was a um, good off spin bowler and a handy lower order batsman for New Zealand in the eighties, yeah. and very competitive, you know. Yeah. And yeah, he was a uh, grave digger. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he's a coach now. Like he's been the coach of Ireland in yeah. recent times. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember he um, got called over, you know, that when New Zealand came and toured in the mid-80s yeah. and he had to leave his grave-digging job and, um, yeah, and went straight into New Zealand team and, uh, yeah, caused, oh, he, you know, played really well. Yeah, yeah really good player. Um, yeah, 41 test matches. He played. Yeah. yeah. But most sports people these days, you know, well-known ones, they tend to move into commentary and coaching and yeah. management roles, don't yeah, they? That's right. Yeah, but the ones we're mainly going to look at today are, you know, ones that have gone into roles that, uh, oh, uh, totally, yeah, totally, di- totally different. Yeah. You know, like we, we spoke once about Steve Mortimer. He was on uh, Where Are They Now?, about his shuffleboard business. Uh, now, I don't know whether he's doing that now because he's uh, got quite a few health issues, unfortunately. Mm. And you look at Caitlyn Jenner, you know, reality TV star uh, now. <laughs> it's not Bruce Jenner anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Caitlyn Jenner. And, mm. yeah, Brian Smith, he was a very successful rugby league coach. Never won a premiership. Probably the... Uh, the, oh, the most well-known coach in rugby league has never won a premiership. Yeah. And, you know, he coached Parramatta for quite a, a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, he was coaching their side 2001 when it appeared they were going to win the premiership for sure and didn't yeah. happen. But, no, he hasn't coached for quite a while now. And I remember reading a, a news article, oh, it might have been last year, yeah, yeah, I think he's driving taxis now, yeah. you know, driving Ubers and, uh, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, yeah, just, uh, but no, he was one of the, the greats in coaching. You yeah. know? But there's also, there's an AFL coach and he, uh, Dennis Pagan, I think his name is, he, he was North Melbourne's coach when they won the premiership in 96. Yeah. And, yeah, he's a successful uh, racehorse owner now. Oh, yeah. Mm, trainer, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, many rugby league players too, you know, AFL, as we said, you know, they've taken up other sports too, like mainly boxing. So, you know, we spoke about Paul Gallen, Barry Hall, Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to our quiz. It's quiz time. So it's a short one today, just the three questions. So I'll read out the questions and then we'll give the answers. So they all relate to uh, uh, sportsmen, you know, who have had interesting careers in retirement. So Ian Roberts, he played rugby league for Australia, New Zealand. I mean, sorry, Australia, New South Wales, and clubs such as Manly and South Sydney in the 80s and 90s. He was a real hard man, you yeah. know, tough as they come. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it came out years later that he was uh, openly gay, yeah, yeah, which was very good of him, yeah, to have the courage to do that. Yes. Yeah. So what career is he currently involved in? So once he retired from rugby league, what career did he move into? Yeah. Right, question number two. What former US president played for the University of Michigan Wolverines in the national titles and helped them to two undefeated seasons who were going right back in 1932 and 1933? Yeah. So what former US president played for the University of Michigan Wolverines in the national titles and helped them to two undefeated seasons in 1932 and 1933? Yeah. And the third question, what American basketball great now has his own TV talk show? Mm. Mm. Okay, so the question to number one, uh, the answer to number one, so... It, Ian Roberts, he's now involved in acting. Yes. Yeah, he's been involved in a few films. Yeah, yeah quite a few. Yep. Do you know any of them by name? Oh, it was one of those action movies he was in. Let's Google it. Okay. Stand by. Yeah, I'll, I'll continue the, the answer for number, yeah. number two is Gerald Ford. Yeah, Gerald Ford. Yeah. I don't remember him as president. He was the one before Jimmy Carter, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the question for number three, the, what American basketball great now has his own TV show, that'd be Ma Ma Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, yeah. 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 Here we are. So Ian Roberts. Yeah, I listened to a really good podcast recently. Yeah, he was being uh, yeah. interviewed. Yeah, just incredible story, life that he's had. Yeah. Mm, here we are, acting career. So he went to the National Institute of Dramatic Art in Sydney. This is according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah, and he had brief cameo roles in uh, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Wow. Um, yeah, he was in the Australian film Little Fish, yeah. starring Kate Blanchett and Hugo Weaving. And he appeared yeah. in Superman Returns. He was a henchman of Lex Luthor. Yeah. He appeared in Underbelly, A Tale of Two Cities. Yeah. 
Rightio. Okay. Now we're on to the next subject. This week's Who Am I? Oh, we've got a ripper this week. Yeah. Oh, I've been looking forward to this one. Okay. Yeah, we've spoken about him a few times in the last couple of years, but yeah. the one and only George Foreman. Yeah. Yep. What a life he's had. Mm. Now, back in the 90s, Glenn, yeah. I remember having his the famous George Foreman grills. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have one of them? Yep, I've still got it. Oh, you still got it? Yeah. And all the, the fat yeah, drips right. into the tray? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was living down like Lake Car near Port Macquarie, uh, for a while there, the, the local butcher won a competi- had a, had a competition that did give away. Yeah, I went to the drawing giveaway uh, a George Foreman girl. Yep. I won one. I won the last one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lucky you. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'll cook some, not, some nice recipes on that. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, so let's look at the story of George Foreman. So he was born in Texas in 1949. Now Foreman is a former American boxer who twice was the world heavyweight champion. In 1973 to 74... And this is, look, over 20 years later, 1994 to 95. Now, we'll yeah. go into that in de- more detail soon. His nickname yeah. was Big George. Yeah. Now, he was, he was one of seven kids, like myself. Yeah. Now, he came fifth in the family. I'm sixth. Oh, yeah. So, George and I, we got something in common. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, boy, he's got a lot of kids now himself. Yeah. Yeah. So when Foreman regained the heavyweight title at age 45, he was, according to Britannica.com, the oldest world heavyweight champion. Yeah. Now, Foreman grew up in Houston, Texas, and he had a troubled childhood. Yeah, so he came from a really rough neighbourhood. Yeah. yeah, it was rough as guts. And, yeah, Saturday night was called Murder Night. In yeah. his neighbourhood. Yeah, that's how bad it was. Because oh. every Saturday night, there would be a, at least one murder. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was a bit of a thug. Like, he didn't kill anyone. But, yeah, yeah he basically had to fight, you know, to protect himself. Yeah. And, yeah. But he, uh, yeah, he, his childhood wasn't great. And, you know, he came from a poor family. Mm. But he learned to box in a US job corp. Job Corps camp in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, so that was the first major step he, he took in his life. Yeah. Now, at the 1968 Olympic Games in Mexico City, he won the gold medal in the heavyweight boxing competition. He defeated the Soviet Union's Jonas Sepolis. Hang on. Oh, did I miss a page? No, I did. No, no, you missed the whole subject. Where? You've gone to George Foreman and... Where are they now? Oh! What are doing? Who, who am I? Oh, I thought there was something missing. Uh, <laughs> where did they, Where are they now, Guy? No, but that's George Foreman, isn't it? No, he's our, he's our, where are they now? Oh, we missed the who am I. Yeah. We might have to come back to it. Okay. I'm on a roll with George. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> where are they now? Okay. Righty eight. Take your head off, put a pumpkin on, Paul. 
Okay. So it just means with the who am I, they don't have much time to think today. Yeah. But I reckon they'll, um, if they don't get it today, yeah, they'll never get one right because yeah. it's one of the easiest ones we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> so he won the gold medal at the 1968 Olympics in Mexico City. Now he beat the Soviet Jonas Sapalis in the final, who was 10 years older than Foreman. And according to Rhiannon Walker in the undefeated.com, <coughs> now he had a 12-year-long amateur career, having over 220 fights in his record. Yeah. Therefore, he was much more experienced than Foreman. Now, Foreman first captured the professional heavyweight belt by knocking out Joe Fraser, smoking Joe Fraser in two rounds yeah. at Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah, yeah so... Apparently he was saying, like, because he, he was petrified of Joe Fraser, yeah. you know, and when they were in the ring just before the the uh, the fight started, you know, they were just about the box. Yeah, like <laughs> Foreman was saying, geez, I hope, he, I hope Joe Fraser doesn't look down at my knees because they're shaking like mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, George Foreman knocked him out. I think it was like in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, he, he had won all 40 of his professional bouts, including a sequence of 24 consecutive knockouts. Mm. So he was seen, you know, leading up to the Rumble in the Jungle fight as just being unbeatable, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, yeah, so he fell to, as we all know, to Muhammad Ali's rope dope tactic in eight rounds. So that's where, you know... Ali just hung by the ropes and yeah. let George just box himself to exhaustion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, that rumble in the jungle fight in Kinshasa, Zaire. Mm. Yeah, it's now the Congo. And that was in 1974, and some considered it the greatest sporting event of all time. And if you ever watch that, it's probably the greatest, well, in my opinion, the greatest sporting documentary of all time, yeah. When We Were Kings. Yeah. And it's all about the rumble in the jungle fight yeah. and the lead up to it and, yeah, and, you know, what George has to say in that is, yeah, that fight really, yeah. he was devastated after he lost. Yeah. But now he says it's the best thing that ever happened to him because yeah. back then, you know, he just wanted the kill. You know, and, well, what I mean by that is just, yeah, devastated all his opponents and, uh, yeah, and it made him change, it changed his perspective on life, you know. Uh, but when he was interviewed on the podcast, uh, Boxing Life Stories, Foreman said it was the mugging in the jungle because, because he felt he was mugged. Uh, now, he talks about how the cut eye leading up to the fight and the postponement greatly affected his preparation. Mm. Now, Foreman said Ali was a smart fighter, and what made him so good was that he would think in the ring. Yeah. Foreman and Ali became great friends too. Yeah, but Ali, um, no, Foreman said that, you know, he strongly suspects too that someone put something in his drink during yeah. the fight. Oh, yeah. yeah, but he... He, believe, he doesn't give that, that as an excuse as to why he lost. Yeah. yeah. He just said Ali was too good. Yeah. So Foreman retired from the ring in 1977, 
So he had that fight in 74, then going to 77, he was just going through the motions. He'd lost all his passion and yeah. for boxing pretty much. And yeah. it was after a loss to Jimmy Young in 1977 that he went on to become an evangelist. So he gave up boxing then. For 10 years, he didn't clinch a fist at all yeah. and didn't think of boxing. And according to Joe Oden in Life in the Ring, Foreman became an ordained minister. Mm. Mm. So he found God. Yeah. It was 10 years later when Foreman resumed professional boxing at 39 years of age. Yeah. So, yeah, when he retired in 77, all he did was just let himself go. Yeah. He just ate heaps of hamburgers and, yeah, oh, he was, you know, yeah. 350 kilos or something. Yeah. No, he was one big unit. Uh-huh. and uh, But he was, you know, he had all these marriages and he had to go, you know, because he was running out of money, he had to go back into boxing to uh. try and earn some money. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah, he weighed an extra 30 pounds. Yeah, it was 10 years later. So he resumed boxing at 39 years of age. He weighed an extra 39 pounds. Uh, However, he still had that devastating punch. Yeah, uh, so he captured the IBF and World Boxing Association, the WBA versions of the World Heavyweight title, by knocking out Michael Mora in 10 rounds at Las Vegas, Nevada in 1994. Yeah. Now, Foreman was stripped of his WA title a year later for refusing to fight their contender and he resigned his IBF title in June 1995 rather than fight a rematch with IBF contender Axel Schultz. Mm. Now Foreman retired from boxing again in 1997 with a final career record of 76 wins, 68 by knockout. Gee, that's a fair record, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And five losses. Yeah. Yeah. And he was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 2003. Oh, yeah. Now, he then went on to have tremendous success as a television spokesman for several products, including a home grill named after him, yeah. which was introduced in 1995. It's around the time I bought it. I remember yeah. now, because yeah. I moved into that house in 96. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah. the George Foreman grill came with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a housewarming present, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, no, that um, grill, the George Foreman grill, it's become famous around the world in many kitchens. Mm. Now, the George Foreman fat-reducing grill, now, yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. Mm. Have you still, yeah, so you still got it? Yeah. How long have you had it for? Oh, it'll be, what? Um, if you said it came out in 95, yeah, it would have been at least, yeah, 20. No, yeah, um, it could be about 24 years, I think. Yeah, jeez, yeah. I don't, you I don't know what happened to mine. <laughs> I think they got lost in all the moves that I did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I haven't used it much, yeah, over the last few years, but I've still mm. got it there. Yeah. So Foreman mentioned that his healthy diet was a major reason for his successful comeback. Yeah. Now, in 2009, the grill had sold over 
hundred million units. Wow. Now, according to Helen Costa, in Millionaire High School Dropouts in 1999, he sold the commercial rights to the grill for, get ready for this, $138 million. Yeah. Yeah. What a wise business decision that was. Yeah. But he was saying that... Um, yeah, if you learning to sell is just a great gift if you have it. Yeah. And, but you've got to be, have absolute passion for it and believe yeah. it. Because if yeah. you don't, it won't work. Mm. Yeah. So he, <laughs> he had a great passion for healthy eating. Yeah. yeah. So Foreman announced in February 2004 that he was training for one more comeback fight at 55 years of age. Wow. However, this did not eventuate, and there is talk his wife talked him out of the comeback. Yeah. So, just looking at what George Foreman's doing today. So, he's 73 years of age, and he's still looking great. You wouldn't think he's 73, put it that way. Uh. Now, he has been married to Mary Joan... Martelli since 1985, and before then he had four previous marriages. Uh. He has 12 children, five sons and seven daughters. Now he named all of his five sons George. Sadly, one of his daughters, uh, Frida, who had a professional boxing career, she died in 2019 from an apparent suicide. Mm. Now Foreman is also a grandfather and a great-grandfather. Yeah, I think he regards that as his greatest honour. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Now, Saul Blinkoff on the podcast Life of Orson summed up George Foreman's incredible life by mentioning that it is a story of big dreams, hardships, inspiration, struggle, determination, accomplishment, spirituality, motivation, and even grilling burgers. (laughs) Now, Foreman is also a best-selling author. Yeah. He's a jack of, jack of all trades, isn't he? Yes. One of his many books is called Guide to Life, How to Get Off the Canvas When Life Knocks You Down. Now, others include Going the Extra Smile, Knockout Entrepreneur, and his many, many recipe and grilling books and healthy eating books. Yeah. I remember I had one of them. Yeah. yeah. Now, Foreman has a very positive outlook on life, stating that he sees today, even tomorrow, as the beginning. I haven't got started yet. The best is yet to come. He's always loved his dogs. Yeah. Yeah, so if you ever watched the doco when we were kings, yeah, he's got his German shepherds, you know, and they're there with him at the uh, press conference and sitting on his lap and Uh, they're there going, woof, woof, woof. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, today's net worth is estimated to be $300 million. Wow. He owns a multi-million dollar 45-acre house in Huffman, Texas, and lives there with his wife and several of his kids. Now, Foreman is unsure of how many cars he has. <laughs> he <laughs> loves his cars, yeah. and he has at least 50. Yeah. He, well, he thinks. He, yeah. He's lost count of how many he has. <laughs> Yeah, he has a Ferrari F40 worth around $560,000. His favourite car is a 1977 Black Volkswagen Beetle convertible. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's the story of George Foreman. the one and only and the great George Foreman. Oh, we'll go back to Who Am I, eh? Okay. This week's Who Am I? Okay, so we're going to talk about a former... Well, what's your opinion, Glenn, of professional wrestling? You know, what you see on TV with all the, you know... Hyping. Yeah. Yeah. It's all of a bit of a... Yeah. A tosser. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember years ago, this is about 30 years ago, I was in a gym in yeah. Port Stephens working out. Yeah. And there was a wrestler there, mm. professional wrestler working out. And, you know, we just struck up a conversation and, yeah. and I, you know, he said, oh, I'm flying out to Sri Lanka, you know, yeah. tonight. I've got bad out there. And, um, and I said, oh, how, how real is it, you know? Because there's a lot of controversy over it. And he said, come here. (laughs) And he was a bit scared, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, because I saw on Wide World of Sports years ago, like this reporter um, interviewed this professional wrestler. Oh, you know, how real is is it? Is it fake? And then this wrestler whacks him across the ear and burst his eardrum and, Yeah. yeah. This guy just did a move on me yeah. and I could barely feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, that's as hard as you get hit. Yeah. Yep. So it's all fake. It's all, it's all a show. It's all yep. a show. Yeah, well, they put on a good show, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I was born in 1972 and I am an American actor, businessman and former professional wrestler. I'm regarded as one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. However, before this, I played college football at the University of Miami, yeah. winning a national championship in 1991. Yeah. I wrestled for the WWE for eight years before pursuing a successful acting career yeah. with my films grossing over $10.5 billion wow. worldwide, according to Box Office Mojo. Yeah. Now, my first leading role was in 2002 in The Scorpion King. And I then went to star in movies such as Hercules, San Andres, Fast and the Furious and the Jumanji films. My ring name as a professional wrestler is well known as The Rock. Uh. However, my real name is... So you've got to come up with his real name. Yeah, that's easy. Not his, uh, the name that we most commonly know him by. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do now, we're going to look at other sports people with interesting careers in retirement. Mm. Now, we spoke a, briefly about this lady last week, Andrea Yeager. Yeah. Now, she's a former tennis professional. She went on to become a nun. Yeah. Yeah, so she's a former world number two professional tennis player from the United States whose brief but highly successful tennis career ended prematurely due to major shoulder injuries. Mm-hmm. Now, Jaeger reached the, semi, the singles final of Wimbledon in 1983 and the French Open in 1982. Uh-huh. Now, she has her own website and on it it mentions that her earnings from tennis allowed her to help children with cancer and children in need. Now, Andre Yeager founded Little Star Foundation and it's now on its 36th year and it 
it's uh, helped suffering children worldwide. So not just in America, all yeah. around the world. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. And Nelson Mandela came to uh, Little Star Foundation's headquarters to thank Andrea for a award-winning work and lifetime commitment to helping children. Yeah. Now, Jaeger became a nun in 2006 at 41 years of age. Oh. However, left the order in 2009. Yeah. I just recently heard um, this guy, he joined the police academy in his 50s. Yeah. Yeah, down in Canberra. Yeah. 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 Okay, next one we're going to talk about is Joe Montana. Now, he's a... NFL, former NFL pro. Now he's one of the great quarterbacks of all time, but he went on to become a shoe salesman, one of his <laughs> <laughs> post-retirement careers. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so he's a quarterback in the National Football League for sixteen seasons with the San Francisco Forty ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. He's often nicknamed Joe Cool. And the comeback kid, considered one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. Now, he became involved with shoe sales called Skeechers and different footwear commercials. Mm. Now, the Shaq now, good old Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, he went on to become a police officer. So, known commonly as the Shaq, so he's an American former professional basketball player. We see him in a lot of these ads here. Lad breaks, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the seven-foot-one giant played for six teams over his 19-year career in the National Basketball Association, the NBA, yeah. and is a four-time N- NBA champion. Mm-hmm. Now, he is now a reserve police officer in South Florida. Yeah. And according to ESPN.com, he does not receive a salary and covers his own insurance costs. Wow. Yeah, he's just doing it for the passion. Yeah. Jeez, you wouldn't want to muck around with him, would you? No. Yeah, he's one big unit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we've spoken about this lady before, Tonya Harding. Yeah, so she's a former American figure skater, probably the most controversial figure skater in American history. <coughs> Pardon me. She finished fourth at the 1992 Winter Olympics, and she was involved in great controversy in the lead-up to the 1994 Olympics when husband at the time, Jill Galuli, who organised the injury of arch-rival and very popular <coughs> Nancy Kerrigan. Uh, She's also f- where, from Where Are They Now? We've had her on before, haven't we? Yes, that's right. Yeah. <coughs> Pardon me. Harding ended up receiving a lifetime ban from the sport. Mm. Yeah. However, she went, ended up becoming a professional boxer. And her first fight was on the undercard of a Mike Tyson fight in 2003. And actually made a movie uh. yeah, about her, her life. Mm. Yeah, and her really tough upbringing. And, uh. Yeah. So, like, Mike Tyson now? Yeah. yeah. It's been in the news lately for that. Incident with those imbeciles on that flight yeah. That, yeah, the, in uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently he's not going to face any charges. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
So, the former boxer, considered to be one of the greatest heavyweight boxers of all time. Yeah, so he has many nicknames, such as Iron Mike, the baddest man on the planet. Mm-hmm. Now, he was the heavyweight boxing champion from 1987 to 1990. Now, he's involved as a pigeon whisperer. <laughs> yeah, this is fair income. Yeah. Now, according to geozoo.com, Tyson's interests in pigeons began at an early age and he was often bullied. Tyson has a coop at his home that houses over 70 pigeons. Yeah. So him and Bill Laurie would get on well, wouldn't That's they? Right. Yeah. yeah, that he and his family tend to every single day. He lovingly cares for each one and claims yeah. to know each individual bird. He yeah. appears at different events, educating others about pigeons and how yeah. to care for them. Right, now we've spoken about this lady. She was on Where Are They Now? Yana Pittman. Yeah. So she's a former athlete, bobslayer, and now a doctor. So she was a two-time 400-metre hurdle world champion. Yeah. And she's participated in both the Summer and Winter Olympics. And she became a member of the Aussie female bobsleigh crew in 2012 and competed at the 2014... Sochi Winter Olympics with Astrid Radjanovic. You know her, Glenn? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was a, an athlete too, apparently. Yeah. It's amazing how many athletes move into the sport of bobsleigh, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So she became a reality TV star recently on SAS Australia, and she's now a practising doctor in Western Sydney. Yeah. Right, so we're going to look at a few uh, sports people who have gone on to do acting so Vinnie Jones so Jones played professionally as a defensive midfielder from 1984 to 1999 so he was a former football player notably for Wimbledon Leeds United Sheffield United Chelsea and Queens Park Rangers he's played for a few clubs oh I just heard during the week Kieran Foran the, the Titans have signed him for next season yeah He's played for more clubs than Slim Dusty, that bloke. <laughs> yeah. Fair dinkum. You know, he, he went from Manly to Parramatta. He he barely played, you know, yeah. quarter of the season for Parramatta. Yeah. You know, he was on a big contract there and he took off. Yeah. And, you know, he's played for the Warriors, the Bulldogs, back to Manly and oh, mm. here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Mm. So he also kept played for and captain the Welsh, Welsh national team and was a member of the Wimbledon side in 1988 that won the FA Cup. And I remember that night because they were the days when I used to stay up and watch the FA Cup final every year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Wimbledon are just they were right down the bottom of the Premier League yeah. and they were playing, I think, what have been Liverpool or Man, Man United, you know, yeah. just... Gun side full of internationals. Yeah. <laughs> it caused one of the biggest upsets of all time. Yeah. 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 I didn't know he was part of that team. Yeah, so Jones made his film debut in 1998 in Guy Ritchie's crime comedy, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Yeah. He also played criminal villain and thug roles such as Gone in 60 Seconds, Mean Machine and Juggernaut in X-Men. He's also in the in the Expandables franchise. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, with Stallone and 
Mm. A few of the other yeah, tough guys. Now, Hugh Jackman, he was in X-Men, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw this awesome movie last night with him in it. Yeah. Oh, his acting was just superb. It was called, it was yeah. on Netflix, it's called Prisoners. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Jason Statham. So. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm funny. Yeah. I said he was still talking about Vinnie Jones. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I was thinking, yeah, it was. Oh, you're thinking of Statham? Statham. Yeah. Yeah, that's in right. Expandable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the action superstar was part of Britain's national diving team. Yeah, which he was a member of for 12 years. Jeez, I didn't realise it was that long. Mm. And he even competed at the 1990 Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Now, according to Richard Augustine in augustman.com, Statham made his film debut in Guy Ritchie's Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels in 1998. That was the same movie as Vinnie Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he has gone on to feature in many notable action movies and tough guy roles such as Mechanic, Resurrection and Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah. Mm. Now, I've spoken about this great man before, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, yeah, bodybuilder, then actor, then governor of California. Yeah. He's, yeah. he still does acting. Does he? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he's an Austrian-American actor, film producer, businessman. Yeah. It's mainly his bodybuilding that he was – what do you reckon? You reckon out of all of them, what, what do you think he was well, most well-known for? from an old friend that passed away a long time ago. She said that – He'd made his millions in, in in bodybuilding. Yeah. He was already very rich before he went on to acting. And, uh, yeah, because he's, he's just an icon yeah. in that area. Like, just yeah. all the books and everything that he did and all the titles he won. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh. So, um, yeah, he was the 38th governor of California between 2003 and 2011. That's eight years. Jeez. That's of 2022. He's the most recent Republic Governor of California. Yeah. Mm. So, Imran Khan, we've spoken about this man quite a bit before. Yes. Yeah, so he's considered as one of the greatest cricketing all-rounders of all time. Mm. He played 88 test matches for Pakistan over a 20-year period, captained his country and was their captain when they won the 1992 World Cup in Australia. Yeah. Now, Khan scored 3,807 runs and took 362 wickets in Test cricket yeah. and was inducted into the ICC Cricket Hall of Fame. Now, in retirement, he founded the cancer hospitals across Pakistan. And this is, um, you know, because his mother died from cancer. Yeah. So he was just, you know, oh, yeah. yeah, that really inspired him to do yeah. that. And then he went into politics and in 2018 became the 22nd Prime Minister of Pakistan. Yeah. Now, he was recently ousted through a no-confidence co motion. Mm. Yeah. It's a shame because, you know, he was doing some good, good stuff over there. Yeah. Now, Manny Pacquiao. Now, the former professional boxer, nicknamed the Pac-Man. He is regarded as one of the greatest professional boxers of all time. Yeah. Yeah, he's most 
famously known around here for that fight against uh, Jeff Horn at the Suncorp Stadium about 45 years ago. Yeah. So according to imdb.com, is the only eighth eight division world champion in the history of boxing, having won 12 major world titles, as well as being the first boxer to win the lineal championship in five different weight classes. Oh. Wow. Pacquiao is also the first boxer in history to win major world titles in four of the eight glamour divisions of boxing. So these include flyweight, feather, featherweight, lightweight and welterweight. Yeah. And he's been serving as a senator of the Philippines since 2016. I just heard in the news during the week, yeah, this, um, remember that Marcos guy? Yeah. Yeah, he was like a dictator of Philippines back in the um, 80s. And he got ousted, and now it looks like his son's going to become the, the yeah. new president. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Right, Danica Patrick. So she's an American former professional racing driver. She's the most successful woman in the history of American open wheel car racing. Yeah. Yeah, so her victory in the 2008 Indy Japan 300 is the only win by a woman in an IndyCar series race. Mm. Yeah. Now, she has featured on the cover of many prestigious publications and was featured in pictorials in the 2008 and 2009 Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Yeah. Did you get that one, Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot to read subscribe. Yeah. 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 She has appeared in a record-setting 14 Super Bowl commercials. Wow. Mm. 13 of which were for long-time partner, GoDaddy. Yeah. Mm. GoDaddy, they're a... Um, they're a web, web provider. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, according to Sydney Mondry in InStyle, Patrick promotes health-conscious lifestyles and is involved in the campaign for No Kid Hungry. She's also a the celebrity spokesman for Drive for COPD, an awareness campaign for chronic obstructive mm. pulmonary disease. Yeah. <laughs> so she's a fan of mine because you hear me coughing all the time with my asthma. Yeah. Yep. Well done, Danica. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, so she even has her own brand of wines. Yeah, so, yeah, she she's... Um, a wine owner. Yeah. Yeah, she has like her own ranch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she yeah. owns her own um, athleisure collection called Warrior yeah. by Danica Patrick. Now, according to Dakota Randall in New England, well, this is according to Dakota Randall in New England Sports Network. Mm. Now, I'm going to talk about a former rugby league player now, Brad Mackay. Now, he is an Australian former rugby league footballer. He played in the 1980s and 90s. Now, he was an interesting, you know, because there, there wasn't that much of him. You know, he looked like just this thin player, but he played in the forwards. And, yeah, yeah I think he, he won. He's one of the only players who won the Clive Churchill medal in a grand final losing side. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's a versatile lock for the St. George Dragons. And yeah. the Illawarra Steelers, yep. 
Western Reds and the joint venture of St. George Illawarra Dragons. He also represented New South Wales in the state of origin and played for Australia. Yeah. He was one of their key players, you know. Yeah. He was just always Mr. Dependable, oh, yeah. you know, when New South Wales had that really good side in the 90s. Yeah, yeah always played well above his weight. So he played 17 times for New South Wales and 12 test matches. Yeah. Now he is now a firefighter in Illawarra and is a committed Christian. He is also involved in the fundraising for the Joanne Mackay Help, Helping Hand Foundation following the 2002 passing of his wife Joanne, Joanne from breast cancer. So he's gone down that path too. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So, yeah, we just look at some cricketers now with some interesting careers in retirement. Now, a couple of New Zealanders. So, Chris Harris. So, he played 250 ODIs in the 80s and 90s. And he's now an orthopaedic device salesman to doctors and hospitals. Yeah. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he used to bowl those dibbly dobblers that were, you know, had no pace on it and yeah. was... He was effective in one-day games because he'd take the pace off the ball and yeah. it'd be, you'd be hard to hit away. Yeah, Nathan Astle. So he played 81 test matches for New Zealand and 223 ODIs in the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. And then according to sportskeeda.com, took up motor racing and in 2010 finished third in the South Island Sprint Car Championship. Yeah. Yeah, Jack Ellsgood. He was a former rugby league player, oh, yeah. manly in eastern suburbs, and he went into motor racing too and now yeah. is successful in real estate. Yeah. Now, we spoke about this man last week, Henry Alonga. So he was a former Zimbabwean cricketer and he's become a very accomplished singer. Yeah, yeah so he was the first black cricketer to play for Zimbabwe. He played yeah. 30 tests and he bowled Zimbabwe to that victory against India in the 1999 World Cup. Now I remember that because I was over there then and, um, uh, yeah, and when they were interviewing him afterwards, he was singing and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I thought, wow, what a voice. Uh, now he retired early and escaped the country due to the political unrest. He went and lived in the UK for about 10 years and... Uh, but now, yeah, he's a very talented singer. He released an album in 2006 and impressed the judges on an Australian reality TV show. Yeah. Yeah. So the great Kirtley Ambrose. Yeah, so the great cricketer, great West Indian fast bowler. He's now, well, he does commentary now. And it's weird because when he played, he just wouldn't say boo. Yeah. You know, if anyone ever wanted to inter interview him, He'd say, "Curtly talk to no one, man." Yeah, yeah. But now, like, he's a commentator and involved in coaching. But he's a musician too. Yeah. So, according to Cricktracker dot com, he's a ba bass player in the Antiguan uh, soccer reggae band Dread and the Baldhead. Maybe we can get them on, Glenn. Yeah, yeah, maybe plug their <laughs> plug their uh, their music. Yep. Now, Andrew Freddie Flintoff, the great England cricketer, he went into boxing and reality TV and yeah, is now involved in real estate. Mm. And Ewan Chatfield, he was a 
New Zealand cricketer back in the 80s. In the 70s, he nearly died once because he, on the field, that they resuscitated him. Yeah. Yeah, because he got hit by a bouncer by John Lever. Yeah. yeah, but he was a uh, very useful medium-fast bowler for New Zealand. Used to open the attack with the great Sir Richard Hadley. Yeah. Yeah, he's been a taxi driver for years in yeah. retirement. Now, Adam Hollyoak. So he lives here on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Yeah, but he uh, was a former England cricket player and he captained them in uh, one-day games. And he's involved now in cage fighting. <laughs> yeah, he's become a cage fighter. Oh. Yep. Yeah, well, he's always had an interest in martial arts, so, yeah. yeah, that's probably how he got into it. Now, former England cricket captain, Mike Brearley. Now, um, Ian Botham always said he was the greatest captain he ever had. Yeah. And... He used to cop a little, lot of criticism, Mike Brearley, because mm. no one ever thought of him much as a cricketer and yeah. I thought he was a pretty ordinary batsman, yeah. but just a brilliant captain because he could just get into players' minds and, mm. you know. And, yeah, he's become a, a writer and a psychoanalyst. Yeah. Mm. Now, David Lawrence, he's a former England fast bowler and he's now a bodybuilder. Yeah, I saw him interviewed recently on a um, oh, you know how we when we had all the issues with Black Black Lives Matter, yeah, yeah, and it was on a BBC, no, it was on a Sky Sports cricket, doco, oh, yeah. and just you know how he uh, just you know the the uh, racism that he had to put up with, just yeah. just shocking, you know, yeah, yeah. and Rick Charlesworth, yeah, he. Was a cricketer, and but yeah, probably most commonly known. He he was played for many years for the Kookaburras for the Australian national hockey team. Uh, yeah, I think he was their captain too for many years. Yeah, and went into politics, became a well-known politician in Western Australia. Mm. Now Zali Stegall, now she's been in the news lately because she's, uh, yeah, she's. You know, with the upcoming federal election. Oh, yeah. Yep. So she was a, a skier and then a lawyer and then a politician. Mm. So she won a bronze medal for Australia at the 1998 Winter Olympics in the slalom and a world championship gold in 1999. Yeah. So it was our first ever Aussie individual medal and she's our, regarded as our most successful alpine skier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, she became a barrister and is now a Member of Parliament for the Division of Baringa in oh. Sydney. Mm. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see how she goes. Yes. So, just looking at our top five. Paul's top five. Well, what do you reckon is yours? Even if you give me your, your number one. My number one. I'd go, yeah, I think um, George Foreman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Even though not Arnold Schwarzenegger has done a lot. Mm. Yeah, it's really, they're probably tie actually. I'm going to swap two and three around. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon. Go. Oh, it's hard because you've got to look at money yeah. and I guess. But in fifth place, I've got, it's a tie. Now, it's between Jason Statham and Danica Patrick. Uh, 
Uh, <coughs> I've got Danica in there just for, you know, how she um, uh, went into her sport as a female. That wouldn't, wouldn't have been easy, uh, you know, and was, qu- you know, quite successful for a, uh, a long period, but it's what she's done afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, just amazing. Yeah. And Imran Khan... Well, Prime Minister of a country of over 200 million. Yeah. You can't beat that. Yeah. <laughs> and George Foreman, well, yeah, I've got Georgie in, number three, but, geez, it's hard. Yeah. Number two, I've got, well, The Rock. Yeah. I'm not going to give away the answer. <laughs> and number one, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. Yeah. 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 So yeah. let's reveal this week, who am I? Time to reveal this week's Who Am I? And the answer is Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. yeah. So what I was thinking for our next episode, Glenn, yeah. I've been keeping you in suspense, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah. So just recently especially, there have been quite a few blow-ups on, on air, yeah. you know, on sports shows and yeah. – you know, we spoke about a few today, like Paul Gallen and yeah. um, Andrew Gaze, you know, going off on, on the sports show that he's co-hosts. Yeah. And, yeah, so I thought we'd look back at, um, you know, some of the well-known blow-ups on air yeah. over the years. So, yeah, unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah, just with uh, – Triple M with their rugby league. Yeah. I've never listened to their program, but I, I listen to the YouTube clips and, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and uh, the 2GB, you know, because Ray Hadley was reporting about it. Yeah. And the, the main host of the show, Andrew uh, Maroon, yeah. yeah, he just quit the show during yeah. the middle of the show, just stormed out while – and he was you – know, because these – Idiots who he was hosting the show with, they're just bullying him. Yeah. It's just pure bullying. Yeah. And having a go at him over his tax evasion and, oh, you know, you'd, and, you know, Maroons has said to them over and over, I don't want to talk about that. You know, it's caused me a lot of grief yeah. over the years. Yeah. And, yeah, but they still just every week pestered him and pestered him and pestered him, yeah. you know, and eventually you're just going to crack, aren't you? When you're just being picked on like that and bullied and, yeah, yeah after many, many years he stormed out in the middle of the show yeah. and that said I'm not coming back. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've great respect for him for doing that. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, I thought, well, yeah, we'll look at that next week and, yeah. okay. okay. So, thanks for joining us for this episode of The Sports Shack. So it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye for Glenn. Goodbye. G'day, it's me again. Please check out the Sporting Shack on Facebook if you like this, for posts and other likes and shares. Have a great sporting week. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time.